What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another edition of the Smartened Up Podcast. For my co-host, John, I am Danan, and thanks for checking out today's show. We're going to be talking about everything that's been happening in the past week or so in the WWE, and there really has been a lot when you stop to think about it. Uh, We just had the Extreme Rules pay-per-view this past Sunday. Plenty of fallout from that. The return of Seth Rollins. John Cena going to be coming back this, uh, this coming Monday night. So yeah, we'll have our thoughts on that, what we might have done differently, and what we think is going to happen moving forward um, as a result of that. So we got that coming up. We got our thoughts on the pay-per-view. Of course, we're going to be talking about the announcement of the big brand split that's going to be coming. Uh, That was a little bit of a surprise. I figured that you know they would have pulled the trigger on that before if that was the direction they were going to go in. But it seems that SmackDown is going to be going live uh, Tuesday nights. They're going to be having an exclusive roster. And so, yeah, who knows what's going to happen um, as a result of that. So we'll definitely be talking about our thoughts, uh, whether we think that's a good move or a bad one or, you know, what that could possibly mean for the WWE. So, yeah, plenty of intrigue, plenty of excitement. We're going to be talking about all that stuff um, and a whole bunch more. But before before we do that, um, John's going to be jumping on the lines here in just a minute to, to help me out. But I uh, just wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you know, the stuff I've been checking out lately on the WWE Network because there's just a gold mine of content. And I don't know about you, but lately I've been on this really big uh, old school kick. Um, I recently rewatched the uh, Beyond the Ropes documentary. Um, about the AWA. I think it's uh, the spectacular legacy of the AWA. Um, Really, really good. I think it came out about 10 years ago and uh, just brings you all the way through from beginning to end. Uh, Vern Gagne, um, of course, you know, the big Chicago territory where Hulk Hogan got his start. Uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, Andre the Giant was in there. A whole bunch of others. uh, Very famous and historical fed I gotta be honest with you, um, I've been a wrestling fan for probably uh, close to 20 years now, but um, I never really got into the history of the business until fairly recently, and watching that really kind of uh, picked my interest and got me going into some of the uh, older content on the network, which uh, there's there's a lot there, but there could definitely be a lot more, so I look forward to seeing what they're going to do with it in the future. But anyway, they do have some AWA stuff, not a whole lot. Some of the uh, ESPN episodes from uh, the early 80s. But they've also got a bunch of stuff from Mid-South, World-Class Championship Wrestling, and uh, you know a few other things as well, some Smoky Mountain in there too. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I've been watching some old Mid-South. And, you know, it was just a totally different time in wrestling, especially in the Southern Territories. Uh, A lot of those guys... uh, Man, the, the the heel heat that, you know, guys like Ted DiBiase got where, you know, the fans are throwing stuff at them when they're coming out and, uh, you know, just totally got them in the palm of their hands. I had just watched a tag team match, actually. I think it was uh, Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne, uh, Doink the Clown, uh, teaming up to take on JYD and, oh man, uh, I forget who he teamed with. But anyway, it was a Loser Leaves Town match and uh, Junkyard Dog, probably the most popular babyface in the promotion at the time, uh, he was the one that took the fall. And so he had to leave town for 90 days and the crowd was just, just came unglued. Man, it was crazy. And um, so anyway, so yeah, uh, 
it's kind of cool to to watch wrestling from a from a bygone era, so to speak, and kind of see how they did things differently. Uh, definitely moved at a much slower, more deliberate pace. But you could also say that you know what you saw in the ring was a lot more believable. You didn't see through it as easily, and um, you know people definitely had a better handle, I think, on their characters and. You know, they had more freedom to uh, to do as they pleased to to try to get over or to get heat or you know whatever it was they were trying to do. But anyway, so yeah, go into the vault section of WWE Network next time you're doing nothing on a Saturday or something like that, and uh, check some of that stuff out. I think you'll enjoy it. I, I definitely have been. So anyway, uh, without further ado. Like I said, John's going to be jumping on the line with me here in just a second, and we're going to be talking about all the latest going-ons in the WWE. Um, I will say this. Some more uh, current news stories have come out between then and now regarding how the brand split's going to be working specifically, uh, you know, and regarding a few other things that we touch upon. So we may not have the most current information, most up-to-date stuff, at the time of this recording, it was, I believe, uh, a couple days ago. So uh, bear with us on that, but I think you're going to enjoy it. Thank you. We should definitely talk about the Cody Rhodes situation because now there's more to it with uh, like WWE. After he sent out that little tweet, they decided to put a uh, no-compete uh, clause. That's what I meant, no-compete clause. So now he can't compete any place. Really? Oh, for it's like a ninety yeah. day deal? I know that's like the standard. I don't know what it is. I didn't see like any kind of days, but I know that they, they, they put it they put it on him because of pretty much the tweet that he posted. Uh huh. Um because he was supposed to be over and done with, then like a couple of days later they started they they did the no compete thing. So see, I think th- they're trying that they might be trying to get him back. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, possibly. I mean, it could be possible. I mean, it, you know, the whole thing in a nutshell is is that they can't lose Cody. I mean, if they, he goes anywhere else, if he goes, if he can, if he goes anywhere else, he's going to become just about as popular as his dad. Oh, I think so too. You know? I mean, I think that you know, whether he went to New Japan or whether he went to the Indies, Ring of Honor, something like that. You know, I, I or think even Lucha. I mean, I was thinking about Lucha Underground too, because I mean, yeah, that, I mean, I think, I think that would still be got one more season to do. Yeah, you know, exactly. As far as it goes. Right, exactly. And uh I mean wherever wherever he goes, I think he will uh you know, he'll shine because he's obviously proven that he can uh, he can totally change his style. He can work, you know, different characters. He he you know, he he's obviously pretty solid in the ring, very solid in the ring and um you know, I mean, I think he's got all the pieces and not to mention He's got what a lot of guys don't, which is, uh, you know, he's got cojones. I mean, he, you know, he wasn't happy with his spot, and he, he's made it clear that, you know, he, he's, he's been his own advocate trying to push for, for bigger and better, and, you know, he wasn't really satisfied with what was happening, and so he, you know, he walked away from the biggest game in town, and, you know, I think that, that ambition and that courage is something that will, will bring you further than, you know, a lot of things. Right. Exactly, you know. I mean, and he he obviously went about it a different way than Ryback, which you know, yeah, you know what that cost him. So, you know, and I think I, that's why I feel like I don't know. I feel like that they're probably going to try to push him back in and all that stuff into a contract. They might actually let him do some things and all that stuff. I mean, it just seems very. Uh, it seems very CM Punk. Right. <laughs> you know. 
Yeah. Instead of like the way that CM Punk did it, he actually did a little bit more graceful. So sure. At least I feel like he did. Yeah. You know, even when he did take the stabs at the at the creative. Yeah. Speaking of Punk, did you hear that uh, he has not been progressing very well as a fighter? Apparently, yeah, like in UFC, yeah, because of injuries and different things like that. You have a shelf life, you know, as as far as being uh, an in ring competitor, whether you're a wrestler or a boxer or or a fighter, and you know, right. when you've got that much wear and tear on you from the get go coming into it, because he'd been wrestling for like I don't know, you know, probably fifteen years, and. Um, there, there's there's only so far that you can go. I, I know Punk's a pretty stubborn guy, and he seems like he, you know, he he puts his 100 percent into anything that he does, and he believes in himself. But you know that that's a pretty tall mountain to climb. Right, it really is, especially you know coming in as late as we did. Yeah. So, so we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm hoping he doesn't totally get like wrecked in his first fight, you know, just because I I know uh, based on you know what I've seen, you know, I, I think that in his mind that would probably prove some of his detractors right, and I think that would just you know it wouldn't be it wouldn't be good for him. It wouldn't be good for him at all, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like he, as far as like him being a fighter, I I, I think he could do it, I, but. UFC is a completely different animal, and I'm not saying that it's not uh, that he can't fight or anything like that. Yeah. You know, but it I, is. I, it's totally I different. Looking, I was looking forward. I really was looking forward to him, and it would have. You know, I feel. I feel even though Brock Brock Lesnar was a big a bigger guy. Yeah. You know, uh, I still I still think that you know a, a wrestler can still do just about the same thing as the UFC can do because it's, it's all you train to fight when you're a wrestler anyways yeah. you know well so. there, there's definitely a lot of similarities you know you gotta have the stamina to be able to go and you gotta be able to uh, be tough enough to, to take one on the chin but you know obviously there's other things too you know you gotta be a striker or a grappler you know you have to be able to go on the offense uh, in a legitimate way and uh, you know be able to be successful at that as well but um you know who knows I, I i do think that punk will you know he'll make it to the octagon i think he'll have that one fight at, at least if not if for no other reason than you know for himself Just to do it yeah but you know how successful he will be uh time will tell i, I but i tell you this too i think the longer the longer he waits the worse it bodes for him i feel yeah i do too i feel like the longer he waits and not to mention, the longer you wait, the less credible it becomes. Yeah, you know? not to I mean, yeah, interest is going to dwindle, and uh, you know, I, I think that the intrigue will kind of die off, and you know, right, the, I feel like I've, even right now, even right now, I feel like if CM Punk went and did his first fight, like at the next, you know, UFC bout or something like that, I still feel like it just go, yeah, right, you know, because I mean, he's he's been at it for too long, training and. Yeah. All that stuff getting injured and having to put the, his fight on the back burners and yeah. you know it's just kind of like well that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, this, this is cool. I guess you know I'm, I I'd go to Buffalo Wild Wings on a Saturday night to watch that. I guess. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but um, whether he's successful or not, do you think that he'll ever come back to WWE? I feel like the reason why there's a lot of changes going on right now in the WWE is because of Punk, you know? Right. Like, a lot of people are getting recognition that wouldn't get recognition, and even the ones that 
you know, do get recognition now. They, they even though they're getting put on a more mid card, but a rarely good mid card. Yeah. It, you know, I feel like that he had something to do with it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt. If you look at the roster now versus what it looked like even five years ago, uh, you know, it's it's a night and day difference. And for them to put a guy like Punk, who was an established star in the indies, um, you know, to put him in that role in the main event, give him that one shot at Money in the Bank, and then he totally knocked it out of the park. Right. I think that opened their eyes and made them realize, you know, hey, just because these guys are smaller and, you know, they have this you know maybe perceivably to management this kind of annoying uh mosquito in the ear sort of fan base that are constantly advocate uh you know being their advocates uh you know i think that it did it will give them the uh the courage to give them a shot and and see what happens and then of course daniel bryan knocking the door wide open also yeah that too daniel bryan came right in after him and like completely like changed everything sure you know so I think I think I think where he opened the where CM Punk opened the door, Daniel Bryan kind of like put the nail in the coffin, kind of thing. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know now we're seeing Rollins, we're seeing you know Ambrose, we're seeing Kevin Owens, uh, yeah, Sami Zayn. Right. There's a lot less big guys. Yeah. I mean, you still have your big guys. I mean, Apollo Cruz is who I would consider one of the big guys. Right. Baron Corbin. You still got like you know you got you got uh. Um, Gallows, who just came in, you know. Yeah, I think we got we, big guys. We got a good mixture. Then, of course, the champ, Roman Reigns, pretty big guy himself. Yeah, and then, yeah, and Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, you know, the, the problem is, though, is that you, it, 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 the problem with WWE right now isn't the fact that they're not, they don't have the talent, and it's not like they're not using these, these, these smaller guys. It's just that they're using them wrong. Yeah. Booking them completely shitty. Well, yeah, I, I think the booking is a problem, and I also think that you know now more than ever we have the to we have to come to terms with the fact. Okay, back in the Attitude Era, we had a roster. I mean, we had a deep roster full of guys that were legit stars. Now, if you look on the roster, you know, bit by bit, they got some some good some solid guys, but I wouldn't say. You know, from an in-ring standpoint, that they, you know, they had half the the talent that they have by today's standard. Uh, you know, by today's standpoint, but the difference is that you had a bu- you had characters top to bottom that the fans totally bought into, were totally invested in, and right. and um, you know, and you had a show that showcased them. You know, it's like Vince Russo, actually, believe it or not, he made a really good point um, on Austin's podcast probably a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, talk, talking about vignettes, you know, you, you see them. Yeah, they had them for the 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 shining stars guys, Primo and Epico. But yeah, I mean, doing it for uh, for um, Darren. Uh, yeah, Darren Young. Darren Young. Right, right. But you know, when you look at somebody like a Val Venus, like you know, people knew who he was before he even debuted because of those vignettes, and he was over. You know, the minute he came through the curtain, basically. And, you know, to an extent, to, by today's standpoint, you got somebody like Apollo Crews, for example, who, you know, he doesn't really have a defined character or anything like that. He's just a guy that comes out and he, he comes out and he's just happy to be here. And, you know, he's, he's a solid guy in the ring, a little bit green, but definitely very athletic, uh, got a great build. Uh, I think. Is, he, and, you know, speaking of him, he is definitely green because, you know, he had a chance to, like, really show 
that he had some kind of uh, I, I don't know how Apollo Crews is, is going to last in this. They might end up putting him back in developmental. Yeah, I, uh, I think they pulled the trigger too quick on him. I said that I, on the yeah, last I really show. Do. I really do think they pulled the trigger too quick on him. But, the, you know, he had a really good chance of actually showing, uh, a, you know, a, a, an acting side in a sense when he got attacked by Sheamus and came out the, like, right. the next match. And like when he went out for his match, he came out smiling and happy like he didn't get hit in the back at all. Exactly, you know? exactly. Stuff like that, there's no consistency. Yeah, exactly. So, and, I mean... You know, but, but but the point that I was making, too, is, you know, look, th- these days, we got a lot of great wrestlers on the card. We got a lot of guys that can, can work a match and, uh, you know, get the crowd amped up and, and you know, really work that fast-paced style. And and that's awesome, you know. It, the the match quality from top to bottom has never been better in my mind in WWE. Right. The missing piece in the puzzle at this point now is we got to create some memorable characters and we got to create some memorable angles to get people talking. That's the kind of stuff that makes you know makes appointment television and gets people wondering, you know, what's going to happen next. I think they were off to a really good start with this AJ and Roman feud and now yeah. now that Seth Rollins has come back, you know, I'm interested to see where they're going to go uh going forward. I hope they another, can Another interesting one was uh the the feud between Sami Zayn and 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 Kevin Owens. Yeah. That was a really good one, you know. Definitely. So, I mean, the... I mean, and I can see that maybe still going on considering the fact that they're both in money in the bank. You know, but yeah. I mean, it's gonna eventually. I think it wore down with the fatal four way. I think I don't know, but that's the problem. The problem isn't so much as the fact that they 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 don't. It's not that they don't make really good storylines. Sometimes they make really great storylines. It's just the perception of people nowadays is so short. Right. That they have to. It's like they're trying to make it to where. It only happens this one week or this 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 paved until this pay per view and that's it. And then it's like like the old school fans like me and and you and all yeah. that stuff who were used to like long drag out feuds that lasted God knows how long. Right. You know we're not getting that same satisfaction that we used to back then. Yeah. And then you're right. It's about the characters and all that stuff. You had these you had these over the top characters. You know Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, and all that stuff. Granted, their characters were part of themselves, but it's like none of those, like, except for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and a few other people like Cesaro and all that shit, like the people that were trying to get, you know, into the main spot. Right. You know, there's a lot of people in the in the WWE that just don't want to, it doesn't seem like they want to actually develop anything, you know, more than what they already are. Right, you know? right, right. So yeah, well, on the on the topic of Kevin Owens, you bring him up, and he's a guy that had they've been booking. Um, you know, they've actually been giving him a lot of uh, forward momentum lately, especially. You know, coming out of the pay per view, he he uh, he did not win the fatal four way match, but he wasn't the guy that took the pin, so he was protected in that sense. And then the following night on Raw, he got a clean victory over AJ Styles. To... AJ Styles, son of a bitch! I couldn't believe that. <laughs> yeah, like, I was honestly, I really thought that they would put AJ Styles. That was kind of a hard booking, though. Yeah. You know, when you put two people like AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, that's one of those matches that you don't know which really which way it's going to go. Right. A lot of people would have said, "Hey, I could see." AJ Styles beating Kevin Owens, but the shocking fact of the matter was the fact that uh, Owens beat AJ Styles. Yeah, I feel like that. The reason behind that is uh, maybe uh, longevity with yeah. uh, 
with um, Kevin Owens being in the business more or longer than he has as far as WWE is concerned. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, granted, they pushed, they pushed him straight to the top. Sure. And all that stuff. Like, AJ, they pushed AJ Styles straight to the top. But they only did it as a fill-in to knock, you know, to make brains look strong. Yeah, I think that was part of it, but I, I look at it as a logical storyline progression as well. Because think about this, you know, and um, you know, so AJ Styles basically uh, disbands the club and tells Gallows and Anderson that he doesn't need him; he's going to go it alone. And then he comes up short in the match against Owens. So you know, now those guys have a reason to come back and say, "Well, you know, you do need our back, and you can continue to build that tension between." Styles and, yeah. and Gallows and Anderson, and you know because you know, you know that's going to end up being a thing, whether it's sooner or later, whether they're going to wait till SummerSlam to pull the trigger on it, or you know give them something at Money in the Bank. Um, you know, I still feel like they're waiting until they can get somebody to take Balor's place in NXT as far as being a, a yeah, face. right. You know, I agree. I, I feel like that you can't you the, the best storyline that they could possibly do would be leader against leader of the Bullet Club. Yeah. That, that would be an epic match. You and know, it would be a great way to bring... Leader kind of thing or something like that. Yeah, and it would be a good way to bring Balor in as well. Right. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are kind of crying and complaining about AJ Styles getting buried because he's lost, you know, so many times on pay-per-view. But I think it's pretty obvious that WWE knows that he's a star. And, uh, you know, I think he'll definitely... Um, you know they've they've got plans for him. There's no doubt it, about it. You know, it, 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 if you think about it like this, it's McMahon's way of actually going. Okay, this guy was from TNA. You know that, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to smear a little mud in his face, and then I'm going to get him so dirty that eventually we'll clean his act up to where he's you know a polished WWE star. You know? Yeah, they did the same with Jericho. I mean, right after right. he came in, exactly. you know, he worked with The Rock his first night, but then you know he kind of. You know, uh, uh, yeah, meandered around through the mid card, right. feuded with China for a while, and then he got that one win over Triple H, and you know, won the title and and lost it in the same night, and got the whole thing uh, uh, torn out of the history books. But I mean, they knew, you know, it was only a matter of time. Right. And I think it's the same for AJ. I do believe now more than ever. Uh, you know, he did such a great job of elevating Roman Reigns. And to give Roman credit, I mean, he did a fantastic job himself. But yeah, of course. Roman, you know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, a lot of people sit there and say, you can't wrestle. You can't wrestle with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns can wrestle. Roman Reigns can wrestle like a big person is supposed to wrestle. Yeah. Roman Reigns does as much as he can. He jumps as high as he can over the thing and all that stuff. And he puts. Yeah, he's an athlete. Fucking awesome spot. He is an athlete. <laughs> yeah. He is a, he, he's not a technical wrestler. No. He's too big to be a technical wrestler. Right, and he doesn't come from that background. He's a football player. He's a smash mouth right. style kind of guy. And uh, right, you know Exactly. Yeah. The problem I, with that is I don't agree with the fans as far as him them saying that he can't wrestle. I I agree with the fans more on the fact that they're not booking him right. Well, <laughs> it all goes back to booking. And and you know I, I think a lot of the Reigns hate is really not so much towards him as much as it is towards the the machine and uh, you know Vince McMahon and you know the perception of uh, you know. WWE pushing the guys that they want to push in favor of you know who the fans might want to see in that top spot instead. Right. But I think he's kind of uh, caught in the crossfires a lot, and he's uh, 
collateral damage. But you know, just like at just like at Payback, I think this this past Sunday uh, in that Extreme Rules match, I thought it was a, a a kick-ass match. I thought that you know Reigns, dude, that that uh, Razor's Edge uh, set out power bomb thing oh, that, that he did, cool. that was a badass move, man. I'd love to see him. Move. I'd like to see him uh, bust that that one out more often. Him flipping AJ Styles over him onto the announce table, even though the announce table took, you know, right. Bust at first. <laughs> but still in all that was a great spot you would think they would just make it out of like paper mache at this point that way they can uh, be positive that it's gonna go, gonna go, go down, down. <laughs> like a pinata right <laughs> <clears throat> but uh you know like like I said there was really good spots and there was really good things you know they actually done you know going out into the crowd and fighting and you know which I, I don't know has that been done like because you got to remember, I, I've been out of it for a while, but I hadn't really seen any going out into the crowd like yeah. that deep, as deep as they did. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, a good while. It's definitely not something that they do all the time, which is a good thing, in my opinion. Um, right. But yeah, no, I, I think that they did a really good job of of telling a completely different story than the one they did last time between AJ and Roman, and um, yeah. it felt more personal, more intense, and uh, the the stakes were high. One thing I didn't like, um, you know, you get towards the end of the match and all of a sudden, you know, the, the Gallows and Anderson run down. They give Roman their tag team finisher and he kicks out. And then the Usos come out and they do the same to AJ. AJ kicks out. And then, uh, you know, Styles hits the Styles Clash and Roman kicks out. Then he hits it again on the chair. And, okay, and then after he bashed him like eight times for the chair. It just got, man, it's like, okay, we get it, you know. And, and I'm not saying, look, AJ, AJ, you know, obviously they, they protected him too and they made him look look really tough kicking out all that stuff. But I, ju- I just think it got to a point where it was like getting to be unbelievable. Like, okay, is somebody going to pull out a, a revolver and just like blow the other guy's brains out? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You're right about that because I don't think that Gallows and the Usos should have ever came into it. Honestly, my opinion is that shouldn't have happened. They should have just let it be like this really big, clean match. They shouldn't have let them come in. Um, you know, and it should have just been one of those matches that ended up... Because I feel like Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson come in, you're making AJ look weak, you know? Yeah. And that's what I felt. That's what I, I mean. Like, granted, I, I would love the Bullet Club to come in, and I love the way the Bullet Club came in, but you didn't make them look strong. Right. That's the problem. You didn't make them look strong. You had them get beat by the Usos, and you had you know had them like you know lose so many times. They won maybe like two or three times, but you made them look weak. You didn't make them look like the Bullet Club that they were in, in New Japan, or now that, or even yeah. in Ring of Honor. Now that they're in Ring of Honor and all that stuff, I think they go cross promotional. So yeah, they do. But, <clears throat> See, I, I didn't. I didn't have a problem with the teams getting involved, just from a standpoint that they built it up as this rivalry between the bloodline and the club, and you know that that's cool. Uh, I'm fine with all of that. I just think it got to a point where it got uh, just a little unbelievable as far as uh, you know people taking finishes on chairs, and yeah, they protected it somewhat by having uh, Jimmy or Jay, whichever, grab AJ's leg for like half a second, but still, like you know, you know you. you People's finishers need to be protected to an extent, and I think that, that that's a, that's that, true across that's the board. That, that's yeah. also a problem. Is nobody protects the finishers. Now, one time, 
one, you're given, like, if you're a major superstar, I feel like you're, you're given that one time you get out. Yeah. And, and if it's done a second time, <laughs> that's it. And it's funny because it's like people bitch and moan on the internet. Like, oh, uh, Dean Ambrose, they made him look like a chump. He didn't kick out of one finisher. Like, it's a finisher. You're not supposed to fucking you're kick out of it. To. You're not supposed <laughs> to kick out of a finisher. The finisher is supposed to put the man down. It's supposed it's to finish the match, hence the name. Right. But, and when you have somebody take two style clashes, one on a chair, after getting beat, even I, you know, you can't make Super Cena. You right. can't make Super Cena 2.0. That was and part I of the like problem. That's really what they're trying to do. Yeah. Don't make him a Cena, because nobody likes Cena. People like Cena to an extent, but they really don't like Cena. Right. You know? He's like just Cena. now, yeah, he's just now starting to earn the respect, I think, of fans ever since, you know, he's kind of taken a couple of steps back and really right, and let other people go right. right and not to mention you know with the u.s title and and everything and we'll definitely get into some of that stuff because he'll be coming back next week and um yeah. i i think we're both kind of having some st- <laughs> 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 yeah we'll we'll see what the future holds for him but let's talk a little bit about uh you know the post-match seth rollins surprise return comes back and drops roman reigns with the pedigree and uh gets a huge ovation from the crowd like he had the biggest pop that whole night. Yeah. <laughs> the whole night had the biggest pop. And then uh, I, yeah. I'm really happy to see Seth Rollins. Yeah, same here. I, I, I'm happy to see him. I'm glad he's back. But if I didn't call, uh, you know, I was happy to see him on Raw, but I kind of figured they were going to go the way that they did with him. Yeah, you know? disappointing. And you know the reason why I think, was, and, and people should have seen this coming by the way that he acted during when he got his slamming. Yeah. You know, when he got his slamming award. You know, right. that, that right there told me that he should have, uh, that he was going to do what he did. And I knew that they weren't, and plus I knew that they weren't going to bring him back as a baby face, considering they've been trying to push uh, Roman Reigns as a baby face, even though it's not working. Yeah, I mean, it, that, that's the thing, man. I, the, I don't understand it from a standpoint that, okay. So Seth Rollins has been on the shelf for seven months and, or however long it's been. I think it's been seven months. Um, and the days are just kind of a blur now. But anyway, it's all this crack cocaine I've been taking. But uh, <laughs> but uh, so so he comes back and they got to know that you know he's going to get a huge ovation when he comes back because people miss him. They want to see Seth Rollins, of course. Uh, and, huh. and and he goes straight into a program with Roman Reigns. They could have went in a totally different direction. I think bringing Seth Rollins back as a heel was a mistake because they, I mean, dude, the dude they could print money with all the merchandise that they would sell. Uh, you know, people want to cheer Seth Rollins at this point, and if they didn't want him to come back and steal Roman's thunder, then they should have put him in an angle with Triple H instead and had him turn against the Authority do something like that, then he could have still been a babyface. Then you got two babyfaces on your roster, right? And all and they, of wait, yeah, you have the you had the the Orton and Cena angle. You know, you had Orton who was a face, and then Cena was a face, and then yeah. Orton switching back and forth between right. heel and face. And, and the know? other thing too is, you know, the last month or so they've really muddied the line with Roman and kind of portrayed him as a tweener more so than a heel or a face. You know, he's not a bad guy or a good guy; he's the guy. So, what does having Seth Rollins come back as a babyface 
how how does that hurt Roman if they're portraying him as this guy who's doing it for himself in the first place? It's not right, as if exactly. it's not as if it, it it hurts him or I mean of course he's going to get booed, but he's going to get booed regardless. I mean they've proven that like time and time yeah. again. That at this point. Anything short of like a total like rehaul of the Roman Reigns character, which would be stupid. I mean, they've already gone down this road. They got to commit to it, but that he's going to get booed, and they have to know that. So, yep. I, I think they, well, that's they. Not exactly true. I mean, look at the way Rock did. Rock Rock when was Rocky Maivia with that blue goofy hole, like yeah, no thing, and then he went from that to straight to the Nation of Domination. What he needs is he needs a good like I guess they tried to do that with the bloodline. Yeah. But you gotta remember you're 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 making Well they it have clear. to they have to make it clear that he's a heel. Once they get him in to be a bad guy, once they get him to that point yeah. and, and they start getting him booed, then you know, he can embrace it and and, and be a cocky asshole and, and really Really, in all honesty, that's that's what he needs to do. Yeah, he needs to embrace that because that's what people think that he is anyway. And once he does that, and he can really cut loose and be himself and not be so stiff and so you know uncomfortable, which is obvious. You know, once right. he once he can just do that and just be a total badass and just not give a shit about anything or anybody, which they've kind of again they've started down that path. But if they were to continue and 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 further, you know. Make him a heel, full heel, in my opinion. You know, let him do that, and then I think that you know, I think people will soften up on him. I really do. I do too. I, I you know, and not to mention, you just gotta have him fight. It, it, it's the same thing with Cena, though. You know, the Cena, Cena, could, Cena was awesome when he first came in. Ever, you know, people didn't like that he was bad guy, he's thugging doctor, thugonomics, and all that stuff, and he had a gimmick that worked. And then they brought him in to be the babyface superhero that he's become. Right. And people didn't like that. And it was just because they 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 didn't transition it well. You know, no. he went from straight to being like that to being the good guy, and nobody fought it in. No, he wasn't. He wasn't like trash talking as much, and he wasn't. You know, yeah, he wasn't. He he kind of it, his character it, changed. Yeah, he started to do the whole uh, hustle, loyalty, respect thing, and right. you know, became the. Don't bully people. Pretty much became Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And that, after that's... after having Hulk Hogan for as long as we have, we're kind of tired of that. Exactly. You know? We're well. It's a different. It's a different day and time. And and you know, I, I think that's one of the biggest flaws in WWE is they still have this mentality that there has to be like one top guy. And I mean, I think the Attitude Era proved like, yeah, there might be one guy working on top, but they could have plugged you know four or five different guys into that spot any given night. It could have been Austin or Mankind or The Rock or or Undertaker. You know, they had all these guys that were at any point ready to stand up and 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 you know carry the flag. Right. Exactly. But you know what else? And I, I feel like I feel like. What's really made the writing and booking and all that stuff, and it's been said plenty of times out there, the reason why is because WWE has no competition. Right. Has none. Yeah. Has no competition, so therefore the people in the back don't have don't, don't compete themselves. They don't have the, you know, the backstage area, from what I understand, and, and WWE now is so relaxed now, yeah. it's not competitive anymore. Yeah. You know, nobody's trying to step up and do the big spots. Nobody's trying to step up and do things, which is why nobody's really getting pushed. 
but at the same time, it's like they're not given the chance to make those big spots because there's nothing, to, there's there's no competition. Yeah. You know? Well, let's talk just a little bit more about Seth Rollins, but you bring up the competition thing, and, and I, there, there's a huge story right now that we're definitely going to be talking about here in just a few minutes, but uh, regarding Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, where do you think we go from here? Uh, obviously, Money in the Bank, uh, main event's already been set, Rollins and Reigns for the title. Uh do you think that Seth Rollins is going to win it back this soon, or is Roman Reigns uh, going to continue on? Well, I mean, right now, right now, I can see, it, it, right now, Roman Reigns, considering he, by the time he gets the money in the bank, he's had the belt for, what, three months? Yes. Okay, so I think it's time for Roman Reigns to actually lose the belt. You think so? And all that stuff. Yeah, I do think so. And if there's anybody who can take the belt from him, considering the fact that he never lost in the first place, would be Seth Rollins. Um, now, I do. I'd like to see you know how the months come, like or the the weeks come with uh, Raw and SmackDown and all that stuff. I'd like to see how that's going to work out with them, you know, through their storyline, how sure. their storyline's going to turn out. And if uh, if it's going to be any good, to tell you the truth, because I mean, you have a good you have a good storyline as far as Rome, as far as Rollins coming back and wanting his title. Back. Yeah, it's practically writing itself. I mean, you right. know, Roll- they were scheduled to have their match at, at Survivor Series. Rollins goes out with the injury, has to vacate the belt. Now Roman's the champ, and yeah, Rollins never lost it, lost it. And then not not even a touch onto their history in the Shield. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this should be a no-brainer, the easiest storyline to write, you know, in the world. <laughs> but, uh, what, you know, what if they can keep it interesting and, uh, you know, really build a lot of hype and anticipation into this match, I guess uh, time's going to tell. But, you know, you know another, um, another interesting, you know, scenario that I could see on the last show I mentioned this, and I still think it's true, especially now that he has qualified – um, my money is on Dean Ambrose to win Money in the Bank this year. I'm thinking that it... Me too, and you know what, bringing that in the fact, you know, putting that in the picture, um, I guess it's all in when, when, when the actual Money in the Bank match is going to be. Because as far as it goes, it seems like it might be mid-card. Yeah. Or like maybe like first main event. Right. Maybe a first main event thing. And if that's the case, as crazy as Dean is, I wouldn't be surprised if he he cashes it in that night. Yeah. And it will be a triple threat between all members of the Shield. And that's something that, you know, fans have been clamoring for since they broke up two years ago. And uh, I do think that we'll see that match eventually. It could be that night. Maybe, uh, Maybe they continue the Reigns and Rollins thing manage to get it through the next month and then Dean cashes in and we get it at SummerSlam because I do think that that could be a SummerSlam main event possibly uh, just because it's, you know, the, the the three of the biggest stars that WWE's created in a long time. And, um, you know, I think it's a good way to get Ambrose back into the spotlight and maybe kind of uh, get away from some of the goofy stuff they've done with him over the past right. couple of months, which on, on that note, um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about w- w- where Dean Ambrose is at because you and I we had a conversation earlier today and we talked about the uh, Asylum match at Extreme Rules and the problems. Yeah, 
horrible match. Well, the problem is that you know you can't have this like death match type thing the way that they build it up in uh, in PG era WWE. It's just not going to be. It's going to be too tame. It's not going to have the um, you know the level of carnage that that it needs to for people to take it seriously. It's like all right, yeah, for real. Because I mean, you have all those weapons up there, and the only and they don't do headshots anymore. It's illegal, you know they ban headshots. You can't hit people in the head with chairs. You can't hit people in, with kinder sticks in the head. You know, you can't do headshots anymore. It's straight in the back or in the stomach. That's the only way that you can do it. So, I mean, if you're going to have a match like this with all kinds of stuff, especially a cage involved where you're getting where, you're, like I said earlier, you had Dean Ambrose throw Jericho face first into the cage like five, six times, and there was no fucking blood. <laughs> Not even you know, a little bit. Not even. Not even a little bit. Not even a speck. And it wasn't until literally the end of the match when he finally put him into the tax. Right. That everybody went crazy. And kudos, you know, you know kudos to Chris Jericho for for taking that bump because I know uh, you know a lot of people probably wouldn't, and you know right. he definitely doesn't have to at this stage of his career. But oh, God, he, no, he doesn't. But he yeah, did it because he. It. Yeah. Exactly. I, you know, one of the one of the I, I feel like Jericho is like one of the greatest wrestlers. Like like he is the greatest of all time. He is the greatest in my in my opinion. You know, in my I, opinion, he is the greatest of all time because I mean, look at what he's he he dominated WCW before he turned heel. And right. then they kind of put him on a goofy track in WCW. Just from right. and just from a longevity standpoint, I think, in my opinion, and this might be controversial, but yeah, I'm a, I, Chris Jericho is my favorite wrestler ever, just because you know he's 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 evolved over time. His character has changed. He's remained solid throughout in the ring. He's may have slowed down a, a touch or two in his old age, yeah, older that, age, that, but that, and he's still. He's unselfish, you know. He comes back and 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 he he still helps to put people over and elevate new guys, and, and that's what he was trying to do with this Dean Ambrose feud. And uh, right, yeah, man, he's been killing it. I'm glad to see that he's in Money in the Bank too. I am glad to see that he's in Money in the Bank, and that's going to be good for everybody else in there. I mean, Dean Ambrose doesn't really need it because he's already faced him, but I think it's going to go great with Kevin Owens and yes. Steven Cesaro and Sami Zayn. I think that he's going to help elevate that 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 whole money in the bank situation. Right. I mean, if you're going to put somebody who is willing to risk to, to do the things that he does, because Jericho can put some spots, especially oh, yeah. on a ladder match. Right. I've seen him in quite a few ladder matches, and he's done some incredible things. He actually so, uh, he I, created money in the bank. You know, he came up with the right. concept. Right. So I feel like if anybody's going to help these guys get over the way that they need to get over, it's definitely going to be Chris Jericho. I, th- I agree, and 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 Kevin Owens, uh, you know, if if Dean Ambrose doesn't win Money in the Bank, I would have to say he's probably the next most likely choice, and you know he may end up being the guy to win it as well. I could see them going that route with uh with KO also. Uh, right. I, you know, I I think um, if yeah. anybody could pull off the Money in the Bank thing, I think it could be Kevin Owens. Yeah. I mean, just look at what he did with the t- the the Intercontinental Title. Right. He actually made the Intercontinental Title relevant. Exactly. In my opinion. Yeah, and I think you he know? could do the same with the. I think him having that briefcase would create a lot of intrigue because he's the main eventer waiting to happen. And um, you know, like I said on the last show, I, I think that he's moved on beyond the the IC Title scene and. Uh, you know, I think yeah, if they continue on the same track that they are, where he is continuing to build momentum, uh, winning the Money in the Bank briefcase would be a great way to continue that momentum in a forward direction. Although history has proven 
most people that win that briefcase go on a, an extended losing streak after they win it for some reason, and uh, you know, so maybe it's more of an albatross than a gift. But um, right. I guess uh, I guess we'll see. I, man, I love the way that they're booking him because they they've established him as a, the kind of guy. You know, he you want to hate him because he talks so much trash and he's such a low life, but he's so good in the ring that he can back up his talk. <laughs> right. It's like you know, most most heels most heels have hit like the, the speaking caliber. The ones that sit there and yell into the crowd and all that stuff are always the ones that have some kind of like um I don't know, they run away a lot. Right. You know? And he doesn't. No. He stands there and he fights. Now he might get out of the ring. And he might walk around a little bit, right? But he gets back in the ring and he fights. It's all mind you know? games. He's not trying to 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 quit the fight. He's just trying to get into his opponent's head. Right. Exactly. He's a little bit more calculated. He's kind of like uh, how Triple H was, you yeah, know, and all that stuff. Definitely. So I I love Kevin Owens. And even he could be a heel. He could be a he could be a face. He could be he don't he don't need to be any. He can be the greatest anti-hero next. to yeah. uh, Uncle yeah, I think so too. So, and I, but I think I, I like him as a heel right now. I think he's doing some great work. And right. um, and and you know, I think this feud with Sami Zayn, whether he wins the briefcase or not, I think it can continue on at least to SummerSlam. Uh, you know, if they keep on putting on matches like they have been, and uh, you know, they've got that personal animosity between the two of them, they just got to continue to ramp that up and uh, inject some some new life. You know, in that, I, I, I think maybe space it. You yeah, know, I think that's what this, that's what they're doing with this money in the bank. They're gonna, right, they're going to space out the feud. They're going to they're going to keep it like it, yeah, they're they're, they're still fighting. That, that yeah, they're still fighting, but it's not like the the feud is not the big thing. Yeah, you know? definitely, and and not and more importantly, you know. Nobody's taking losses. You know. You know what I mean. It's like okay, Kevin Owens beat Sami Zayn in their first one-on-one match, but you know they can continue the feud in a natural way without having one guy get beat to the point where you're like, okay, why? Why is this feud going on any longer? You know. Right. Exactly. And so yeah, I, I like that. I like what they're doing with it. I think that they're doing a really good job of, as you said, pacing the feud. As far as um, the women's title picture. Uh, what do you think about Charlotte uh, kicking Ric Flair to the curb and going solo? I, you know, honestly, I knew that was going to happen eventually. I mean, you know, with Ric Flair getting in trouble at the airport and all that stuff, I knew eventually they were going to make it. And, and then him not being in uh, at the pay-per-view or at her corner and all that stuff, I knew eventually they were going to let that happen. Right. Uh, eventually, you know, because I'm pretty sure Flair doesn't even want to do it, too. Yeah. But, uh, like... I don't know. I, I don't feel like... I don't know. I watching it Monday mm-hmm. when when Charlotte was sitting there and just, like, going off on her dad. And you, you know how the crowd gets. First off, she, she loses concentration a lot. Right. Whenever the crowd gets... She lets the crowd get to her a lot. Um, <clears throat> and there's a difference between letting the crowd get to you and kayfabe and letting the crowd get to you. I see. You know? Yeah. But she does she does come back from it. But I think the hardest part of watching it was the fact that you can look in her eyes and see that everything that she too she was trying not to cry with him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right, right. I think that's what made it hard for it, you know, not to be believable. Although freaking Ric Flair, god damn it, he's the greatest wrestler in the world. <laughs> he's a god. 
because he could pull off anything. Yeah. Well, and he's, <laughs> so, he's a pretty emotional guy from what I gather. He cries at just about everything, so. But at the same time, I have to give it to WWE for that because I didn't know you. You couldn't tell if it was real or if it wasn't. Yeah. And I'll give you the reason why. Because of goddamn JBL. Uh-huh. All right? He's the heel commentator. When you're sitting there and you have something like this happen, you know, he's normally, like, or with anybody else, Normally you have JBL going, yeah, well, egging him on. to be there. He's egging it on and all that stuff. Right. But he didn't afterwards. And it kind of felt a little bit more real after that. It's like, wait a minute. Was this K-Fabe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I'm a fan of it just from the standpoint that um, – you know, look, I love Ric Flair. I think Ric Flair is, uh, you know, obviously having him at ringside is uh, is a good thing most of the time. But in the, you know, they're trying to build Charlotte up as this, you know, the 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 next Flair, and uh, you know, I think they got to let her stand on her own. And I, 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 and I think they're doing. They know that, you know, it was only a matter of time that this this Ric Flair partnership thing was going to be a factor. And uh, you know, going forward, I, I don't think that that. Before you tell me your side, the only thing I cannot understand about this whole situation is Dana Brooke. <laughs> well, to Why? me, it just feels like she was supposed to be teamed up with Emma. Emma goes out with an yeah, injury, and uh, they got to find a place to plug her in so they make her Charlotte's new heater. No, I don't. I don't get it though. I still don't get it. Why put it with Charlotte? Why didn't she did fine? She did just fine coming out there and actually be like on her own, taking out Becky Lynch. She shouldn't have been in there because, I mean, that could have been a storyline for, like, a sub. Like, like you know, that could have been maybe a match in in, in, uh, in the pre-show. Yeah. There's another Dana Brooke-Becky Lynch match, even though everybody's getting tired of seeing the most. And it really is. God, you know, and I hate that. I, you know, I feel like watching the, the TV, or like, watching all the shows, I feel like I'm playing the video game. You know? Yeah. Like, when you play the video game... It's the same thing over and over again. Like every week, like you play universe mode, you're fighting the same people every week yeah. up until this thing, you know. And it just feels like you're playing, you're watching the video game in real life, and it's like, oh, that drives me crazy. It's yeah, like, do something different with people. I mean, if you have a feud, you have a feud. Right. But don't make it the same matches every week. I mean, I got tired of Luke Gallows, uh, the, the club fighting Bloodline. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it gets a little tiring. I think it was time for that feud to be over with, and I'm kind of glad that it is. But uh, the only thing I was, uh, the only other point I was going to make about Charlotte and Ric Flair, though, was that uh, you know having Ric Flair there every week, all it's going to do is further put Charlotte in his shadow, in my opinion. Yeah, and and, and, I, it, and it really and it really was. It was starting to get to that point. I I, under, I, I can see what you're talking about. What needs to happen, as far as this, because I, you know, honestly, as far as the pay per view win, I felt I felt it kind of shitty that Char- that uh, Charlotte won. Mm-hmm. I feel like Natty should have at least won this one time. Yeah, I'm waiting to see Sasha Banks come back myself. Yeah. Right, and and you know she just would go. She just went out with a concussion, and obviously we wish her the best. Hopefully she has a speedy recovery, as uh, as Enzo did, and yeah. um, and that she will be back soon. Of course, they've been keeping her off TV anyway uh, until presumably SummerSlam, and she may be the one to finally take the belt off of uh, Charlotte. They've been going on some really long uh, title reigns with the women's title lately. I mean, you. Yeah. you you went straight I mean, from Nikki, Nikki. Uh, well AJ really, and then Nikki, and yeah. and then um, you know, and then later on uh, uh, Charlotte, and Charlotte. and you know, and obviously Roman's doing his thing with the title. He may be holding that belt for a long time as well. And uh, you know, I just 
they, you know, you got to keep things fresh and kind of shake things up a little bit. I hate to see them do too much of the same thing, but for now, I think it's working. Um, and on the on the women's title thing, you know, I feel like I feel like honestly. The long reigns had to do with the fact that it was the Divas title and the women that were there were not exactly, you know, they were, like everybody says, it was the bathroom break matches. Yes. So I think that's the main reason why a lot of the women kept them for as long as they did. Yeah. I feel like if they need, they need to start doing what they do, like booking the women the way they book men as far as like just to keep it fresh and all that stuff. I agree. And, um... You know, that could be what we see in the near future because the biggest news story out right now is that, uh, you know, there's a SmackDown shakeup going on. The show yeah. is going to be going live from Thursdays to Tuesdays, and we're going to have a, a reintroduction of the brand split. I mean, do you really think it's going to be a brand split? I mean, I understand them going live and all that stuff. But do you really think it's going to be a brand split? Uh, I'm looking at the headline on WWE Network right now. I mean, WWE.com, and it says new new night and new rosters for new era. So it okay, is looking well, maybe that way. Maybe it is a brand split. Yeah, it, I mean, I know they because I, I mean, we we kind of figured that they were going to have one whenever they had Stephanie and, and Shane come in, right? You know, and do that thing for the last, but they didn't do it. It was kind of like Shane jumping from the top of stage for no reason you know it was kind of like why did we have the segment if you're just going to put them in charge of both of it yeah well and i think this is a way that they can uh naturally split off without it having to necessarily turn into a huge drawn-out storyline where uh you know it's taken up a majority of the 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 screen time mcmahon versus mcmahon which we've done Roughly, roughly a billion times. Um, uh, this is a way that they can kind of naturally and organically split off. Okay, they each get control of a show, and that's that. And uh, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about this whole brand split thing. Um, uh, on on one hand, uh, I do think that you've got a huge roster full of people, and you know, some people don't get the same exposure that others do, and this could be a chance for. Everybody to, to everybody to kind of move up and, uh, and 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 do their thing. We can maybe get some fresh matches and uh, you know get a chance get 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 a chance for twice as many guys to get over. But then again, on the other hand, uh, you know we've done it before and it worked out great. At first, we had a we had a nice division of of uh, church and state and talent stayed on their respective shows and it was fine. But then over time, the the lines got kind of muddy. The talent got kind of thin, and uh, you know there just really wasn't enough to sustain it. And that wasn't all that long ago. And so it's kind of surprising to me that they're gonna go back to that again uh, when the old brand split kind of ended. You know, maybe a little over two and a half years ago or so. You know, but the thing about that is, though, I mean, this might go, this probably could add the competition that I was talking about yeah. earlier. You know, with with them because now you got these two fighting for the ratings as far as the company. Which one's the better one of the company? Yeah. Just like it was back then, which is really what that whole brand split was for was just to, just to have the you know the, yeah. the competition thing going. I t- um, maybe the first time was too early to do that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe this time will be different because I from what I get from what I read on the internet uh, on the internet not too long ago after you told me about this whole brand split thing, was that the, the SmackDown's going to be more for the NXT coming, like NXT come up. Yeah. And all that stuff. It's going to be the next stepping stone in their developmental stage, which is I feel would be great. 
Yeah, I think know? so. I think they they got to do something to uh, differentiate the two brands. They can't just both be the same. So I I, right. I, th- I think they're do you know one maybe more in ring heavy, one more storyline heavy. However they choose to do it. But another thing that just occurred to me that might be kind of interesting. Do you think it has anything to do with um, you know Shane McMahon coming back? Obviously. There is uh, a little bit of a differing in opinions on the way that Shane feels the company should be moving forward versus the way that Vince feels and Stephanie and and so on. Uh, right. Do you think that this might be kind of an experiment to to give uh, give Shane McMahon the chance to to see if his and method his ideas would work? Yeah. yeah, I do, I do. I felt like, and he can't do it with Raw, and I feel like he can't do it with Raw because Raw has already been established with this all this you know. Roman Reigns and all that stuff. Um, so I feel like if, if they take SmackDown, which was generally just a tape show, you know, plus, which I think would be great for them to go live because, you know, I hate sitting there and looking on the internet and there's the results for all of SmackDown. And I'm like, why are you ruining it for me? Right. It you takes know? away all the intrigue so, and you don't want to watch it as much. Right. Exactly. So I feel like, I feel like them going live with, with SmackDown is a great idea. Yeah. You know? Here's the other thing, though. You know, going to a Tuesday night, then think about this, though. One week, there's going to be a three-hour pay-per-view followed by a three-hour Raw, followed by a live two-hour SmackDown, followed by NXT. Do you think that maybe it's uh, a little bit of uh, information overload? I think they should at least do it. Like, honestly, I think they should keep the, the, the same schedule. Right. You know, I think they should do it just on Thursdays. I mean, they did it back then. I don't see why it would be so hard to do it now. I don't see the reason for them going on Tuesday. And yeah, that's kind of like putting that's like that's like making Raw three hours. I don't understand it. That is going to be too much of a wrestling overload. Yeah. And, and, I mean, because at least with at least whenever I watch wrestling, you know, you got like the way the wrestling is now. You got Raw, then you have a day to break, then you have NXT, and then you have SmackDown. Right. Yeah, and uh, and that's another thing though. When we we touched on this earlier, when we had a conversation off the air, but um, you know, Raw being three hours, do I mean I, I don't predict that they'll change it back to a two-hour show. I think it will remain. But I think they need to. Yeah, especially if they're going to lose half their talent to to a a brand exclusive SmackDown. Because if that's the case, then. You know they've got they've still got three hours to fill, but now they have half as much talent to fill it, well, and they've they've struggled with that with their full roster. Well, like I said, you know, you talked to me about that, told me about the brand, you know, the potential brand split, and I went and looked on the internet, and I sat there and I looked. They actually had a few people that explained like what like as far as the roster is concerned and all that. The only thing they they could still have the more like the more people on the roster on Raw. To fill in that spot, the only thing is, is that SmackDown would actually have to bring up the people that were waiting on in NXT. You know, like Bailey and Finn Balor and all them. You know, so yeah. And that would be good for AJ Styles, I think, because I think you have a really good face there. And if anybody can actually hold, if they do decide to do the brand split and a different championship, I think AJ should get that one. I think so too. I think. Uh... You know he's proven to be over. His merchandise sells like hotcakes. Uh, he's get he gets a great pop every time he comes out. His in ring style is very exciting and dynamic and explosive. And 
you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, the, the only chink in his armor is his mic skills aren't that great, but, I mean, they've proven with Roman Reigns that they can make that work regardless, so. Right. Yeah. So, but, I mean, his mic skills, they, you know, they're not bad. They're not, well, they're not Roman Reigns bad. They, he does have a lot that he has to work on, you know, but, I mean, I think, I definitely think that he's got time to do that, so, I don't know. Yeah. Time, I guess I guess time will tell, but right. uh, you know, overall, I thought the pay per view on Sunday was solid. Um, I thought it was another, you know, top to bottom. I mean, really, honestly, uh, you know, maybe not quite as strong as the last pay per view. There no, were a couple of duds. Wasn't as strong as the last main event, yeah. Uh, the the four way, man, the four way was awesome. The four way was the match of the night. You know, sure. Uh, there was, it, but that's the thing. It was like after the four way was done, and they got to the asylum match. That was when it kind of went downhill. Yeah. You know? With just the, the asylum match and the the women's match, and then it kind of got brought back up during the main event. It was a good, it was a good pay per view, but I mean, it wasn't good for extreme rules pay per view. You know. Yeah. It doesn't. It didn't feel all that extreme, honestly. No, it certainly didn't. <laughs> We'll see what happens with Money in the Bank uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, we're gearing up towards SummerSlam, second biggest pay per view of the year. So uh, you know, there's a lot of potential on the table. Whether they go, uh, you know, with the Shield angle, or you know, we see Kevin Owens maybe uh, cash in Money in the Bank if he wins the briefcase. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, they got they got just about all the potential in the world. Cesaro would be awesome. That would be a perfect opportunity for them to experiment with him. And uh, you know, see what kind of reaction he would get on the big stage if uh, if he were able to you know to pull it off. Because I, I I think there's still something missing there. I don't know what it is exactly. I think that I think he's working hard and he's trying to put it together. Uh, you know, to connect with the crowd or, or whatever. The in ring stylings are definitely there. Um, I think the character needs a little bit of more definition. But uh, I do think that, you know, they they have money on their hands. They just got to figure out how to unlock it. Right. A lot of really cool stuff uh, going on in WWE right now. Still, they're, you know, this new era, if they continue... It's, it's starting to pick up. Yeah. I'll give it that. It's starting to pick up. It's starting to seem pretty, you know... It's starting to be. It's starting to get better than what it was. I do feel like it's an improvement, and you know, Seth Rollins just returning from injury, John Cena coming back next Monday. It'll be interesting to see, you know, where all these pieces are going to fit in with the ones that they've started to already establish. Uh, you know, you have already put it out there that you think that Cena is going to immediately go over Rusev and take back that United States Championship. Yeah, I, I feel like he's going to be a transitional champ, Rusev. Uh, Which is a and shame. I they, and I, I think they did it just because they didn't want a Kalisto-Cena match because that, you know... Yeah. Super Right, exactly. <laughs> he, you know, John John Cena is not the kind of guy that's going to beat a little guy and take the belt from him. That's the, you know, that's more of a Rusev thing. Right, exactly. But but so. yeah, I, and you know, I, I would hate to see another, another something else stall Rusev's momentum because I think they did a really good job at the pay per view of uh, establishing that he is a badass guy and you don't want to mess with him and you know right. he just about broke Kalisto in right. half with that submission Quite. move <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know so I, I was a fan of that and I would hate to see him uh, you know just kind of kind of lose that momentum again so quickly after they've reestablished him in a way. But right. that being said, 
I do like John Cena as U.S. champion. I do like that open challenge. I think that it adds a lot to the show, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Now, here, now back on the brand split, real quick. Yep. Um, as far as titles go, speaking of U.S. title, do you think that it should like the U.S. title should be on on SmackDown or Raw? Um, that's a good question. Part of me thinks okay. They can do everything they want to to elevate SmackDown and try to establish it as a you know as equal to Raw, but we saw the same thing with the brand split last time. Raw is always going to be the flagship show, whether they want to admit it or not. It's been around longer, people know it, and they treat it as being generally more important than SmackDown, at least in my opinion. Right. Um, so in my mind, they want John Cena on the on the flagship show, which is Raw. So if he is going to be the United States champion, in that case, I see the Intercontinental Championship going to SmackDown. But with that being said, I think that, you know, if – I think that the IC title is is really hot right now. Coming off of that Fatal 4-Way match, uh, Miz has been doing a really good job as champion. And, uh, you know, with guys like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and and Cesaro in the mix for it, I think that belt, there's a lot of intrigue around it right now, as we kind of talked about earlier. So, you know, either way, I think they can make the U.S. belt as relevant as they did before. And I think that they can make both of those titles very prestigious to where you wouldn't even necessarily need two world championships. Right. Right, right, right. I don't know. I just, I just feel like, I just feel like the Intercontinental probably should stay on on Raw, considering the fact that it is a WWE belt. Yeah, it's the legacy. Yeah, the legacy and everything else. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I could see Cena going to SmackDown though. They're going to need some star power to uh, bolster the brand. uh, You know, so do. I'm with you. I do. I would like to see the Intercontinental Championship remain on Raw, but I, you know, I, part of me thinks, from a logical standpoint, that we'll see it go to SmackDown. Yeah, just because of the, the, the people that go that are fighting for it and Ex- all that stuff. So exactly. Mm. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't think. No, it's absolutely not. You know, I, I'm really hoping that if, if they do this brand split and they do it correctly and they actually have some writers that book things you know, the way that they should. It should be interesting to watch. Yeah, because they, like you said, they they need that competition, whether they create it internally or some other force comes along, which doesn't seem likely with TNA being basically dead to rights. Um, Well, you know, not even that, but I I mean, you know, it's just like nothing. No. There's not even a promotion out there that would actually do it. It would be like if all the promotions... Now, it would be like if all the promotions did what they used to do, Back in the day, where it was like NWA territories, you know, right. NWA like controlled all, all the territories. Maybe if they did something like that, it could possibly work. But yeah, but and and the the thing about WWE is they have the best of everyone just about, and you want to see them everyone utilized to the best of their abilities. And That's true. and I think that you know the way that they're going. If they are successful with the brand split and they're able to, uh, you know, get the creative fires going, you see, it, it, here's what I'm thinking: because ratings have been, you know, lowering. If I'm Vince McMahon, 
you know, I'm, I'm making the stakes high. I, I'm going to say, you know, Raw creative team, SmackDown creative team, if one show is just totally demolishing the other in the ratings, then the, the losing show cre- show's creative team, they're getting the boot. You know what I mean? Like, we're not playing mm-hmm. anymore because we, we, we have seen stagnant, you know, we've seen no growth really as far as great storylines or anything like that. You know, we we've really like we've hit a void uh, in the last couple of years, and you know I think that some of these people need to go. Quite frankly, some of them, yeah. And uh, I think you know I think that they need to take this as you know this is sink or swim because let's be honest, when WWE was in a sink or swim mode during the Attitude Era and WCW had them dead to rights, that was when we saw some of the best stuff that we've ever seen. Right. And things were exciting, and. uh you know, I, I think that we, I think we need to go back to that. I mean, that might be controversial, but I, I feel like that's, you know, if they want to grow as a company and continue to, to to grow their revenue, increase their network subscriptions, get the live gate where they want it to be, you know, consistently and not just at WrestleMania, then you know they need to take this like deadly seriously. Right. They definitely need the competition. They need to start thinking, you know, that that one's going to get. Fired compared to the, you know, if they right. do a good job. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, because if, if it was another company doing that, then they'd be going out of business. You know, they know that. They've been there. Right. But that's just my take on it. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that because, I mean, they need they need a, a big boost something. Yeah. You know, as far as creative goes. Well, it, that it's the missing piece of the puzzle. Like I said, you know, I mean, you know, the in-ring talent is there, like in spades. But the the you know they they can only do so much you know with what's presented to them so right anyway and when you have and when you don't have and when you don't have writers who don't care about you know you know anything but chasing ass from what Cody said <laughs> right you know? exactly exactly they're not they're not taking the talents uh, um, suggestions into consideration whatsoever you know that's not that's not the kind of uh, example that you want set for for you know for your crew another thing just briefly too you know one thing that i do like about the brand split the 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 possibility of it is i think that talent is overexposed right now because we've got they've got so many shows and if you've got an you know think about it you got a feud between roman reigns and aj styles so they have a talky segment on raw and then they have a match on SmackDown, and then they got the pay per view the following Sunday. It's like that's three angles in one week, you know. Whereas right. take it in, by comparison to NXT, where you'll see two guys have an angle, and then you won't see them again for like two weeks. I think less is more to a certain extent, and right. you know you don't have to necessarily have something every single week to progress a storyline. You know you can just kind of recap what happened the following week. That way, it's still fresh in people's minds, but you don't necessarily have to you know keep pushing forward at a hundred miles per hour because I think that you know when you pace when you pace those big moments out, they have more of a, a time to sink in. The brand split with SmackDown in general needs to happen because you have so many people out there, and you know, I mean, if you like, you like you said, if you had all these talents that are trying to, you know, that are you're constantly putting in scenario after scenario on each show for these one people, and you're not giving these other people a chance, you know? Yeah. You, I feel like with with it being separate, and you put these people that want 
to have some kind of like go at it, the brand split is the best thing for them. You know? The, yeah. I think so too. I think it's a, I think it's a huge opportunity for a lot of talent out there. Well, well, let's end it on this note. If you've got two distinct brands, two distinct world champions, Raw and SmackDown, who do you who would you like to see as the Raw champ, and who would you like to see as the SmackDown champ? Oh well, uh, a Raw champ and a SmackDown champ. Um, well, I, you can't say anything because you know about Raw. You know, because you know that eventually it's just going to be Roman Reigns. <laughs> so, I um, guess I'm stuck with that answer. And maybe Seth Rollins, too, you know? Yeah. So, but uh, as far as it goes with SmackDown Champ, if they split it up with SmackDown Champ, I think AJ Styles or Kevin Owens. All right. Yeah. Like, if they put Kevin Owens on SmackDown, which could be a possibility... But I think he's doing a great run as, you know, uh, he might actually just be on, he might end up being on Raw. Yeah. But, like, if they do happen to put him over there, he would be great for a championship over there. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I, I see Reigns holding that belt on Raw for a while. I think he'll stay on Raw as the main guy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see him moving much in that position in the one that they've got him in. So I'm, you know, I'm fine with Reigns in that role as long as he continues to deliver the way that he has been in the past couple of months. They keep putting him with the right kinds of guys and uh, giving him the chance to grow as a performer. So Reigns is champion on Raw. I'm fine with. Uh, as far as SmackDown goes, I think you need more of a workhorse guy, um, somebody that's going to be able to to lead and um, you know and, and be able to pass their experience on to younger guys i could you know i you know what would be really interesting i'd like to see maybe chris jericho have a run with the smackdown chris world jericho. title right he, yeah. but i mean uh, that would you know i didn't even think about that too chris jericho would be a, a good one a good contender for that too because i mean he was the first undisputed so right. it would only make sense depending i mean i think that he's elevated enough in this last run since he's turned heel even though he has lost a couple of times uh that you know he could easily go into the picture even if it was just a quick deal uh to put somebody else over but um you know and i don't know how much longer he's got left on his deal he's he kind of comes and goes these days and he may not be be available for that but you know, I could see him do it, and then you know, then he could drop it to guy, somebody like a Sami Zayn or drop it to AJ. You know, obviously right. this is a pipe dream, depending on whether or not this is you know any of those guys will ever make it to the world title picture. All I'm saying is, with a brand split, it could be possible. So that right. that that's the exciting part. Exactly. All right, so we're gonna cut it off right there. Uh, wrap it up for the the day. And, um, yeah, once again, thanks for checking out the show. I would love to hear your feedback. I'd like to know what you thought about this episode of the Smart Nut Podcast. Uh, go ahead and leave us a comment on our SoundCloud. Uh, subscribe to our iTunes page. Just do a search for Smart Nut Podcast, and it should come up. Be sure to tell a friend or two about it. And uh, if you would like to hear something different in the future, you know, we'd love to, to know what you think about it. So go ahead and drop us a line. The email address is smartenuppodcast at gmail.com. Money in the Bank, just a couple of weeks away. We're going to see what the world title picture is looking like by then. I'd still like to see that uh, triple threat match between all the former members of The Shield. I know a lot of you guys out there would like to see the same. So, you know, i got my fingers crossed on that. We'll see what happens. But 
Anyway, that's about all we got for now. I'm Danon for my co-host John. We are the Smart Up Podcast, and we'll see you next time.